you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, as I always say, and I mean that, He alone is worthy, uh, dear friends, and you know that. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of our sacrifices. He alone is worth tuning in this broadcast and figuring out what God has for us today. Sitting just a few feet from me, continuing on for the fourth straight week is uh, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. We think we got some warm weather finally showing up here in the Carolinas. I was reading the other day, it's going to be 70 on Saturday. So I don't know about you, but I like 70s on Saturdays. Instead uh, of 14, I think, last Saturday. Yeah, or 9 when I woke up the morning (laughs) before yesterday. That was kind of a bad place to be as well. So, uh, folks, we're just excited to continue on with the study on the life of Christ. We're we're cruising through the book of John. We're in, in John chapter 19. But before we do that, we have our words of the day, thought of the day. You know, one of the cool things we get to do is, you know, knowing that we're dealing with folks who've been through trauma, who've been through the ringer. And, hey, can we tell you something? There's knuckleheads out there, all right? And uh, a lot of us have been through these things in the world, and it's hard. And we don't necessarily look at things exactly the way we were wired to look at things because a couple things happen. The first thing that happened is PTSD changes our wiring. You know, everything processes through. So anybody who's been through a trauma, all of a sudden when you're in relationships, when you're in life, when you're talking to the neighbor, you process the input differently. So it's like a computer that has a virus, you know? So the input is going through, I was messed over by this knucklehead. Or the input goes, I watched this guy die, or I was raped, or all the terrible things, folks, that we wish upon nobody, um, or, or anybody's probably a better way to say that, or my nun first grade English teacher would slap me in the lips. But <laughs> I, I just think... We really need to look at words and talk about things and, and see how what they mean. And if I've seen anything this season, I hate political season. I hate presidential mm. elections. I hate the crazy things going on in this world. Folks, we're looking at some political scripture today. You know, God is not silent on how we should do things. And he's above politics, by the way. We Our first choice is God and everything. And he just He kind of moves us through the roads and the way we should do things. He, he chooses life. He chooses us. He chooses all these wonderful things, but there's all this political manipulation going on. We're going to see that in a minute in uh, chapter 19 of the book of John, uh, verses 12 and 13. But before we do that, using those words and thinking about them, a couple things came to mind. One of the things, and the other day I was reading the book of Matthew, and I, I, I read this again, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly they are ravenous wolves or ravening wolves. So think about that. You got to be aware of this. So uh, you got to understand that there's folks out there that are different than we are. They can, you know, they can wear a suit. They can carry a Bible. They can say the right things. They can have a backwards fish taped on their car and, and have uh, inside Greek words or Hebrew words uh, telling you Jesus. They can, uh, they can wear the right hairspray, have the right cologne on, have the right perfume on for women. They, they can 
and do and say everything right, but then something goes amiss. Friends, can I tell you what that is? That's manipulation. That's using politics, God, a million other arrays of things. we got to remember that Satan himself, friends, is transformed into an angel of light. So you say, well, Brother Doug, what is? how do we know this? How do we deal with this? What do we need to do? Well, first of all, we got to trust the Holy Spirit of God that's in your heart. We don't trust our hearts because the Bible says our hearts are wickedly deceptive, you know, but we trust the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, you know, God says to me, Doug, that guy's a knucklehead. And uh, friends, can I tell you, and, and I've avoided it sometimes, Kevin. I've, I've said, no, it's not right. This is a good person. Mm. How many times have I been in that situation where you just felt like God cautioning you and saying, hold on, there's, there's a power play at work here. There's, there's something weird. You know, you're trying to talk like you normally talk to people without hopefully an agenda other than uh, truth. And you find out you're not really talking to someone on the same sheet of music. But, you know, on this thing of um, uh, political, uh, what, 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 what's it called again? Political manipulation. Thank you. Political manipulation. So when we talk about manipulation, to me, the first thing that jumps out of my mind is narcissism. That's um, someone that wants to be God in their in their sphere. So anyone in their environs round about them has to be an instrument of their praise and glory and, and, and for them. And, um, and there, and he's not for them. He's for him. I say he, it could be a, she, she, it could be a Jezebel. She's for herself and everyone else has to be as well. But, um, but even when there is a narcissistic situation one-on-one or political, um, then, then we have to remember, Doug, that Ephesians 6.12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means a human being. But against principalities, by implication, as spiritual, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So uh, the Scripture teaches us that whenever there is abuse on earth, and particularly in the political realm, when there is activity going on where there's manipulation, and you said an election year, when, there's, when there are things at stake, and the Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come, men shall be lovers of their own selves. That means the stakes are real high in an election season because there are going to be players on planet Earth who are motivated to stay out of prison, motivated to get rich, motivated to continue trafficking, human tra- human trafficking, drug trafficking, all these things. By the way, the Bible talks about those. You go to the book of Revelation, it talks about the fall of the, uh, of the final conquering of evil. It says, that, you know, it talks about the battles for um, drugs, pharmakos is the Greek word, the souls of men. So, you know, God... God makes it very plain that there is a spiritual warfare going on. And I was looking at the book of Daniel. This is what God told Daniel. Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? This is Daniel 10, 20. And now will I return to fight with the prince of the king of Persia, the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. So it's talking about a change of command, a change of power politically from Persia to Greece. And that took place historically. Um, of several hundred years before Christ. Well, but scripturally, it's talking about a spiritual warfare going on. And there are angels, Michael the archangel, 
who was the fighter for Israel, fighting against the demonic prince of Persia, and then the demonic prince of Grecia. That's what the princes are. And so I can't help thinking that, Doug, there's many times when we're out here talking, trying to just deal business, trying to deal correctly, but there are forces at work behind the scenes. You don't know. You're in a job, and you're like, why is, I'm just trying to be a good person, and why is this taking place? Give an example. I talked last night to my daughter, and um, that daughter is a pilot, and she's a commercial pilot, and she's not flying passengers. It was kind of a cargo flight, but she had several cargo flights where she was flying right seat with a left seat pilot. She was, uh, you'd call it co-pilot, and and the guy was just a narcissist. He's a good pilot. Thank God he wasn't mentally unstable that way. But he just really horned in and wanted to own whoever was a co-pilot in an unnatural way. And I said, honey, I will pray for you because you're in spiritual warfare. And I just want to say whenever you're in a situation where you're like, I'm just trying to deal in truth, someone else is pushing some weird agenda, you're probably in spiritual warfare, Doug. Yeah, you know, people want to flex their lifetime muscles. You know, look at me. I'm the senior person here. Look at me. I've I've been around. I, I remember I knew a pastor years ago, and he had been a pastor for 50 years, and a good man, a Korean War veteran and all that. About the time I ran across him, he had been in the ministry a long, long time. And I remember he sent me down one day in his office, and he said, Doug, and, I, and he wasn't my pastor at no point in my life, but he said, Doug, I want you to know this is what God has told me that you should do with your life. And, uh, and, I, and I listened to him, and uh, I asked him how God communicated with him. Did he, did he call yeah. on the phone? Did he send a text message? Was it something he read in the Bible? Because he didn't tell you that yet, right? Right. He didn't tell me that. So, uh, but this is what I know. I know that I've found, even in the ministry, we saw it in the Army. Army was a little easier because folks outranked folks. So it was pretty easy. It's like, sit down and shut up. I'm in charge. And they do. They sit down and shut up. But life in the ministry and stuff, people always want to flex their political muscle. Look at me. I've got this Harvey. I've got this skill. I, you know, I remember here, another point, like I was a real freak working out years ago. So years ago, I was the guy who every base I went on, I'd bench press 400 pounds. I'd spend two and a half hours every day in the gym. I mean, this, this represented my twenties and thirties of my age group. And then one day I realized I had two sons at home and a wife, and here I am working for 10 or 12 hours, spending two hours at the gym. And I said, what in the world am I doing? And, but I liked being that guy that was stronger, that could show people things. But you know what I like now? I like serving God. Yeah. I like putting the policy and the political stuff aside, putting mm -hmm. what I can do better to your side. Uh, just get away from it. That's yeah. all it's all about, folks. Hey, we'll be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Well, folks, thanks for hanging with us. We continue on with the life of Christ. We find ourselves in the book of John. We're trying to look at 
everything that Christ went through while he was here at earth and, and learn from that, draw from it, grow from it. See, you know, try to make it practical, how it can apply to us, how we can help each other with this. And uh, today we find ourselves again in chapter 19 of the book of John, verses 12 and 13. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. So continuing on from yesterday, Pilate saying, you know, I'm not finding anything in this guy. Here's your king. Uh, you know, why don't we let this guy lo- go and things of that nature. But the Jews cried out saying, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Right to politics. Well, if you do this, Joe Biden's going to be mad at you. Or if you do this... And you guys get the point on this. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew word, Gabbatha. And so you start thinking about this. So he's sitting Christ down. There's power of prayer pressure going on. We see that. We've talked about that. We talked about that just last week in our broadcast. Today, we see this political manipulation. Hey, listen, Caesar, man, we got to worry about Caesar. Folks, this is real in today's life. You know, our bosses, and you always got the bosses pets. I don't know about you, but you could pick them out. You know, when I was in the army, I'd get transferred and be somewhere for five minutes, and I already knew who the knuckle heads were and I knew uh, who the guy the bootlickers is what we call them who the guys were that were going to be sitting there you know sending everything back to the old man the person in charge talking about those things and 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 so here's a crowd knowing that they can appeal to the paranoia of people because a lot of people are afraid let's face it we live in a world today that suffers from afraids you know <laughs> someone said on the radio the other day it used to be AIDS now it's afraids mm. and uh, we live in a fearful world today and so you start saying things like well you could lose your job you know or if caesar finds out he'll take your house away from you or he'll uh you know he'll commit uh, service for your youngest son so this whole political uh manipulation thing and it's a human nature thing i hate to get out on the psychology road but human nature you know there's a larger narrative going on here it's 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 about the pressure against Pilate. It's about the pressure. Uh, we're going to crucify Christ, and we're going to drop any name drop we can drop. We're going to drop, and and you know it's it's kind of inherent when I was in the military that whoever worked for the biggest boss got listened to the best. And mm-hmm. so my last three years in the army, I worked for a four star general named Montgomery C. Meigs. Meigs, uh, spell M E G M E I G S, pronounced Meigs. Uh, it's a German word, so it was umlauted. And uh, just the greatest guy you ever met in your life. But if I had to get things done, you know, people would say, hey, I work for the two-star general. I work for this. And I, I just calm everybody down in the room and say, listen, you know, my direct supervisor is Monty Meggs. So this is what we're going to do, or we need to call him. And, and it worked, you know, because, <laughs> you know, human nature is real. You know who's in charge. You know where your bread is buttered. You, you know what's going on. You know who's paying you. And, and then the, the larger narrative, and I mean, I know we keep on going on with this. We're looking at something in the middle, and, and, and there's narratives all around it. And then, of course, you're continuing on with the sacrifice of Christ and willingly going to the cross, willingly can stop all this, willingly can blow them all away, Kevin, willingly can make them all sit down, willingly can do anything. But I'm telling you, I've never seen political motivation where it's not like this. You know, mm. we're going to make somebody mad. Yeah. Jesus Christ in this position was so exemplary because we can look at at the um 
the confidence that he had. He was secure in who he was. Now, we are not the son of God, but we are a son of God. We're a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And so when we're in the hot seat, and brethren, it's going to happen. Some of you are in the hot seat right now, been there. And when you are placed in a narcissistic situation where you can't win, remember the Bible says, who can stand before envy? You can't. You'll never be right enough, good enough, clean enough, humble enough, loud enough, forceful enough, you know, uh, passive enough. <laughs> so you can't do it. Narcissists are, uh, are afraid, like Doug said, of losing something, but we shouldn't be that way. So if you're in the hot seat, be like Jesus. Jesus said, you know what? I, I'm, it's going to be fine because my father has allowed me and is desiring me and I've surrendered to being here. And in this situation, I will flourish. I will bloom where I'm planted. And how did he bloom? Number one, he realized the knuckleheads he was with. And if you're suffering, hey, consider the source. Okay, if it's not from God, then be like Nehemiah. I perceived that God had not sent him. All right, so I'm talking to Pilate. I'm talking to Herod. I'm talking to the Sanhedrin. And each one handled things differently. And, and Jesus handled them differently. The narcissist, Jesus gray rocked. You say, what do you mean gray rocked? He actually just um, made himself quiet because you can't win with people like that. Gray rock method is where you deliberately act unresponsive or unengaged to stop abusic or toxic people from getting your emotions. And uh, so you turn that tactic on and you deal with the abuse or manipulative behavior by making, you know, an interaction as uninteresting and unrewarding as possible. Because, again, you're not going to win with them. They'll use it against you. And some of you, I know, are frustrated beyond frustration because you can't win with somebody and you're trying to think Jesus in you is going to make that somehow person roll over, and they're not going to. They are going to put their foot on your neck. And, and when you're in that position, what you have to do is gray rock. Jesus held his peace, answered him not a word. And, beloved, make sure that you know when to just kind of shut her down and um, walk the truth. Be secure that there's a God behind the scenes because you aren't going to win it with them God will someday. Yeah, there's there's so much there you're talking about, and gray rocking is, uh, I mean, it's a perfect method. One of the things I do, too, is I, I just won't communicate with people, especially like telephonically or text message or, uh, you know, some kind of I am on Facebook or Twitter or something where people are just getting evil, wicked, or mean. What I do is say, this is unacceptable. I serve God. Leave that out there for about an hour and then block every account I have with that person. Mm. And, and, and folks, that brings you to a place where, in a way, that's that's the ultimate form of gray rocking. You know? <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, that's, yeah. That we'll, we'll, call, we'll call, yeah, we'll call that, uh, we'll call that gray mountain, you know, <laughs> putting up the big gray mountain or something like that. And, uh, yeah. but I, I, I think, you know, Folks, over and over again, this is what I've learned in life. Uh, what I've learned in life is when you serve God, when you serve Christ, 
when you're standing up for things that are right, there are people out there that aren't going to like that. And I'm not making us all martyrs. I'm not making, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, I'm this perfect human being. Listen, I've been I, a mess in every situation that's messed me up. I've been a mess. Amen. And me uh, uh, but, but what I'm saying, I think most of all is, you know, friends, we're at a point where we ID with Christ. We're at a point where uh, we're not going to let these people politically manipulate our lives. Talk about, I'm going to go tell the boss this. I'm the guy that when somebody does that to me, I go right to that boss. At church, when someone says, I'm mad at the pastor, he's not doing, and they, I say, give me a call on the phone. Well, they call me, I say, hold on a minute, and I get the pastor on the same line and bring him into a three-way phone call and say, hey, so-and-so said this about you on church. He's on the other line, and I know he wants to get right with you. And I've done this mm. seven times. I know he wants to get right with you, pastor. So I'm just going to go on hold, and when you guys hang up, I'll see that on my phone. <laughs> but I want you two to get right with each other because this guy's bothering me, and he's affecting my walk with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And and, and folks, you know, don't get sucked into that. Don't get manipulated. Don't, you know, don't get sucked into it. Just live your life. And, you know, we serve a God that's getting crucified for you. Over the next couple broadcasts, you're going to see that. We serve a God who's just ultimately making the ultimate sacrifice, a, a sacrifice of total um totally sacrificial is a better way of saying it. A sacrifice that his entire life, his entire being, I'm going, I'm getting crucified. Hold nothing back. Nothing back. I'm all in today, folks. Will you be all in? Hey, we sure do love you. Make sure you come back tomorrow as we'll be talking about the cost of following Christ. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.